fucking bitch. We're gonna banter. Elwood, Elwood, do something. We're gonna just. That, I I feel like that's unfair that you use the b word to me because you know I can't say it back to you. That's yeah, some bullshit. You can say bitch. Like I want to. Oh no! See, I want the ch. I want the full effect, but I can't say that because well, that's mean. It's all about tone, Irvin. See, no. It's all about see, tone. No, that's a b word move you. Because... <laughs> Because it's like how like uh, all these you had women... the perfect chance no, to tone no, it right there. No, no, you no, it, you pussy. no, no, because I'm an ally, all right. Uh... No, no, but listen, listen. Okay. This is how much of like a below the belt move that is. It's like when women just egg on a dude to hit me. Come on, hit me, bitch. Hit me. You ain't nothing. You ain't got the balls. You ain't what? Shit, bitch. Do it. Go ahead, do it. Oh my god, he crazy, huh? <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm locked up for 25. The fuck? Sir. Like, you knew that would happen if I lost my cool. Sir. But you pressed all the right buttons in the right sequence and for the right amount of time. See, that's... Now look at me. That's the you know? bitch that you... That's the tone of bitch you want to avoid. <laughs> that it, I mean, this is true. Then, yeah. Yeah. The, what I'm saying is if you say it, like, bitch... Like, if you say it casually, yeah... But if you say it with the purpose of hurting someone, obviously it's gonna show. If you're saying it like "bitch" or like "white being a little bitch. bitch," yeah, fucking bitch. Like you're, no, you're being a fucking bitch. Bitch, you know? being a bitch. But if I say it like that, like a with the B E T C H, yeah, yeah, do it. The bitch. Bitch. You're Such being a, a fucking bitch. Okay, Valerie. Fucking. <laughs> 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 okay, Valerie. Fucking Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> Stacy. Fucking Hillary looking ass, bitch. <laughs> Hillary built like a like a Hannah. I mean, <laughs> shout out to all these names, bash names. So all you ge- all you generic Gen- ass having ass names. You can find your name on the little license plates at theme parks. <laughs> Fuck you. On the tags and, yeah, and like, you, the magnets. Original ass name having the ass. keychains. Fucking yeah. Jennifer's. <laughs> the, the fucking Jameses. The James. Kevin's. The Charles. Yeah. Fuck <laughs> Travis. <laughs> Dylan's. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even get me started with on Dylan. Oh. <laughs> oh no, now I'm curious. What's up with the no. Dylans? All these motherfuckers—they get two, two different types of spell their name. Same said, name, Don't two get different me types of spelling. That's a bullshit, fool. While I'm over here, people are writing my I'm name all, all stupid with like an E or like a G at the end. It's like that is not my name. All right, it's Irvin. Didn't we see that ridiculous Star- Starbucks video the other day? That's right. Of, like people mispronouncing Starbucks names. Yeah. Oh, that was wild. Like, my name is Jerry. Oh, Stephen. Perfect. What? <laughs> no there's way. No like, way near there's there's no way, dude. Look how. Imagine having a name like mine, like Lean. Oh, Jesus. You'd be surprised how many different variations of what they heard I've seen. Clean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? Your spleen? Got it. <laughs> I've seen Neen. I'm not kidding. Neen with an N. Oh, shit. I'm like, that's what you got. That is a bit weird. I do have like a low voice sometimes. I need to speak up, you know, louder. A little deep voice having that sound <laughs> like a Brazilian chick. How <laughs> <laughs> dare you? Shout out to Brazilians, but you know. How dare you? Voice is naturally deep. Just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are accents that sound thick. Thick as hell. Arabic is pretty aggressive in its tone. I would say it can sound aggressive, even though some people would argue poetically Arabic is one of the most romantic languages next how, to Spanish and French. How do French. you think, like, Arabic aggressiveness stands up to, like, Russian? I oh, feel no, like Russian, Russian is, pretty, like, deep and aggressive. That one in German. <laughs> yeah. The Germans, too. Yeah. I mean, Arabic is not that deep. It's definitely more melodic. Yeah. 
melodic blue. Yeah. If you know, you know. <laughs> okay, gatekeeper. <laughs> uh, hey, man, you know, select few can know about it. Man, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> man, you're just hating because you're finally in the club. Right? No, Relax. hey, hey, Relax. I've been in the club for a while now. All right, all right. I think I served my time. <laughs> yeah, I guess you I, I, guess, I guess you burned me right. That's why I let you in the club. You said, I guess. Do you know the audacity it takes well, to people, say Just I to guess? give you guys some context, we're talking about Baby Keem, Young yeah, Goat in the King. making. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've known about him since about 2018. And he, I mean, that's when he, he kind of came he up. Right? Yeah, he was coming up, so he wasn't getting a lot of radio player because at that point, that's when streaming was coming in to a big play. And his stuff was still under the radar, but like if you heard of, heard of him, you're like, oh shit, he's got some bangers. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, just kicks off, you know, starts off his uh, relationship with Kendrick. Mm-hmm. And um, they're not related. related. No, they are related, but yeah. that's what I mean. Like their relationship is cousins. Yes. Like it was further bonded over music. Absolutely. So once Kendrick was aware of that he really put him on, Keem has not dis- excuse me, he has not disappointed. And he has not wasted the time that Kendrick has given him. Oh, yeah. You know, I it's definitely him. cool to... He's his own vibe. It's cool to see him, yeah, like, grow into his own vibe and be a beast that he is now. Mm-hmm. But it's cool that I've been there since day one. You know what I'm saying? I'm just going to call myself <laughs> out, at, like, Eminem, and just put it out so you don't use it against me. But I I was caught off guard by the song My Ex. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Like a fangirl. I was like... Oh my God, he's a rocker fool. They were like, "Okay, Kim, I'm a fan." I was like, "Yeah." That's I when I really felt hurt for being this. gatekeeped against Baby Kim. Like, I've listened to the other songs, as far as like the set list that was put on Spotify for Kendrick's concert that we yeah. went to. But yeah, Baby Kim was like unknown to me until even Coachella. That's when we saw him. Well, that's what I was gonna say. That even then, um, when we saw. Kendrick, or when we saw Keem at Kendrick's concert, mm-hmm. it was still the same set we saw at Coachella. So it wasn't the like same. he was debuting any music or he was bringing any old ones back. Mm-hmm. Because as far as like his old music that he set, that he uh, performed mm-hmm. was only Honest. And that's about it, really. He didn't do Orange Soda. No, he didn't do Orange Soda, even though that's or, one of his... Uh, yeah, Vent. Tell your best friend, shut the fuck Bucked up. up. <laughs> no, Vent is on... The melodic blue. That one's on the most recent album. Did he do that though when he performed? Yes. I think. Yeah. Well, remember that was the one that I was doing like the little <gasps> the like step. in and out step. Yeah. And that one black girl was like, "Hey," yeah, and I was like, cool. see, "See, I know I'm a vibe." <laughs> the vibe. I know I'm a vibe. <laughs> the vibe. Just see, the like, vibe. I love black people for a lot of reasons. Like, for me, growing up Mexican, mm-hmm. I've always had since I was a kid. I've always had this knack to like be different. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to fit in. I wanted to be. That stain on that white shirt. I wanted to stand out <laughs> above the crowd, even if I'm gonna hurt. Excuse you know me. what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, <laughs> I chose not to play soccer just because everyone in our neighborhood was like, "Oh, you're Mexican. You gotta play soccer. You gotta play soccer." I'm like, "Man, fuck that. I don't wanna play no soccer." While I'm seeing my sister and my brother like be fans of Kobe, be fans of Iverson, mm-hmm. like I'm, I'm gonna play that shit. So naturally, rightfully so. Right. Yeah. And so naturally. Who plays basketball predominantly? African Americans. Mm-hmm. So I was naturally engulfed into their culture because I love the sport of basketball, and most of the people that I played with were black. And so, excuse my highness, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, why I love black people? <laughs> and, uh, 
Yeah, oh, why do you love black bad. people? I'll fade it. But you need reasons. But like, through, like throughout my years, like as I've interacted with them more and more and more, like I've had them as friends since I can remember. Mm-hmm. And I can constantly say that no matter where I go, whether it be Northern California, Central California, Southern California, mm-hmm. uh, they just always bring a vibe that is just. Fuck yeah. They were like, hell yeah. Like, 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 you just want to join in. And so when they compliment your vibe, I'm like, oh shit, I made it. I made it. I'm cool like this. <laughs> so I, maybe my experience kind of relates because I feel like, yeah, they bring spirit, you know? Exactly. Whenever I've been around um, black people, I've always felt spirit. And they always bring that spirit. They're always in the moment. I feel like they're de- they definitely bring a spirit that, although, yeah, we think about oppression, and we don't want to disregard that. They're valiant people. They're like, very free. They're very resilient, and they're very free in in what they believe and what they feel. Exactly. And they do what they want. You know, at the end of the day, they do what they want, and I like that. Respect. Yep. Strong community. Woo. Very strong community. Yep. Sippy sip. So, uh, <laughs> you ready to fucking get potty with it or what? Bro? All right, let's get potty with it. Let's get potty with it. Yeah, yeah, and we're back, and we're back. A little side to side. A C K back, back, side to side, and back. Hey, Put your hands in the air. Hey, left, like right. Like you just don't care. Left, right. Hey, wave your hands like you just don't care, and wave your hair, air, 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 air. What in the world? What in the world was that, sir? A product of being high. Lower the volume, please. Can't What's up, hear everybody? You. We're back. We're back. We're fucking back, people. It's your boy Irv. And it's Lil Weens here, bringing you a new episode this week. We are excited. We are hyped. We are on a good one. Episode 10. A sick one. Yeah, 10. Episode fucking 10, man. High five. High five, bestie. Here we are. Yes. This is uh, just fun. 10 weeks. 10 weeks of uh, hard work, dedication procrastination on one week but yeah. other than that i mean hey 90 percent right yes 90%. i can't argue with that consistency exactly consistency it's been a lot of fun <laughs> i i think so too and we've grown a lot i think in this process that and like conversationally too like this gives us a chance to improve on like our communication skills as well it's like mm-hmm. even though it's a podcast and we're having fun and we're having a conversation with one another and we want to make sure that everyone's like included with it at the same time. We're looking for different ways to like improve our conversational skills and it's it's sick. Yeah. You've definitely gotten better little weens. Confidence oh, screw uh, screw the roof. I <laughs> <laughs> through the roof. <laughs> screw the roof. <laughs> hey man, sorry I'm faded. Boy, I'm just kidding. Excuse, excuse my highness. Yeah, there you go. You're I am definitely growing in that process. Right now I feel like uh I'm learning more about myself and having to face things for what they are. And like, it just accepting who you are is a huge part of that process. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like when you have a mic in front of you, you kind of overthink. You're like, oh shit, like, what is this? But then, like, yeah, as soon as you realize that your voice has power, you have to find that voice again. Make sure that you make the most of it. Once you find that you can be a voice for the voiceless, really. yes, yeah. It's really what it is. Once you find a niche, 
find some people that fuck with what you're saying, mm-hmm. believe in what you believe Catch in. Catch the and, vibe. You know, are in tune with your passion. Mm-hmm. Hey, why not continue it? Why not, you know, still produce some uh, some content that people are mm-hmm. waiting for? As they would say, ride the wave to. with us. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Ride the wave from day one. Yeah. So how was this week for you? What did you get up to this week? Anything uh, interesting? Um. Yeah. Well, uh, we went to the Dodger game Monday night. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Big Mooks. Ooh. It was uh, Mookie Betts' bobblehead. That's so... Like, so, I love uh, the bobblehead that we got. Yeah. yeah. Salt Bay. Um, it was his little... Yeah, his react... Not his reaction, but like his little celebratory thing during his first season with the Dodgers. Whenever he'd get a hit, he'd hit the Salt Bay. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, it was... Uh, the bobblehead was in that pose. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. We uh, definitely... Uh, at least for me, you know, I love collecting the bobbleheads. Currently, my you collection... You have several. My collection is 17 strong right now. Wow. And so this is my second Mookie bobblehead. So uh, if anyone, you know, is a fellow bobblehead collector and, you know, got some that you Let might want to trade, hey, <laughs> hit us up. Hit us up either on the the podcast Instagram or my Instagram. Or yeah, I was going to say at Swervin's. And, you know, we can get down to business. I got some nice ones. I have a whole two. Never been open. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or four, sorry. Yeah, you four. Got, yeah, I got a strong four. Yeah, four. But yeah, that was dope. You know, Dodger games. You know, I, you've seen me in yeah. that uh, in that environment numerous times. That's that's blue heaven to me. Mm-hmm. You know, Tommy Lasorda, R.I.P. the great uh, former manager for the Dodgers. He called that blue heaven on earth. And yeah, it really I is saw that. that. They really have that, that out at the entrance right there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, I was gonna say too. What did you think of the view that we had? That was a sick view. You Dude. ever sat there? Yeah, Um, so I've sat in right field pavilion. mm -hmm. Uh, That's where we sat, people. But back then, uh, when when I say back then, this was like 2013 and 2015 or so, before they renewed and uh, renovated Mm -hmm. a lot of that outfield area, Mm -hmm. it used to be called the all-you-can-eat pavilion. Okay. So you pay your ticket, obviously, but knowing that that you're sitting in all-you-can-eat, you just go down to the glizzy area Mm -hmm. and you eat uh, as many glizzies as you want. Oh wow! You can eat as literally many, all. You yeah, can you can eat. have all the sodas. You can drink. Uh, the only thing, yeah, the, obviously the alcohol wasn't all you can eat. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it was sick. And so now they don't have that anymore. But I do prefer the new like layout rather than still having the all you can eat because the new layout and just that view in general, it's equally as majestic as mm-hmm. sitting in top deck where I normally like to sit. I love both of those spots. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Both of those spots are sick because you still get the breeze Mm -hmm. and then you still get shade Mm -hmm. when it's game time. Mm -hmm. But when you start messing around in like those lows areas, dude, that air does not move. And so if you're, if it's a hot day for a game, oh dude, you're fucked. Yeah. Cause it's enclosed. It's below the, the deck above it. You just feel that humidity. All of the cement and the heat right there. That's taken up all day. From yeah, the sun? Exactly. Just sits right there. Ugh. <laughs> but, yeah, that was fun. Uh, worked some overtime this week in the middle of the week, so that was pretty cool. You know, we were, uh... <laughs> so this is what cool. This is what's cool about construction. So you were all separated by trades, you know, electricians, carpenters, HVAC guys. Of course, yeah. Pipe fitters, plumbers, right? So there's going to be a natural rivalry between all of them. And in construction, everyone knows that the electricians are the best. They know we're the best. You know <laughs> what I'm good. saying? Like, Jesus may have been a carpenter, but God gave you light, man. Huh? <laughs> I. We he are said, let there be God. light. You know what I'm saying? 
Let me flip the switch. Flip, flip. You know what I'm Okay, Thomas Edison. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out Edison, man. Shout out Thomas, fool. Yeah, Shout he's the Tommy. real one. Tommy know? the goat. He's he's the real the big dog. <laughs> big dog electric. Well, him and supposedly uh, the original Elon. Tesla Elon? Yeah. Or Elon Tesla, whatever the fuck his name was. Tesla was in there, but I couldn't tell you the other name. Nikolai Tesla. That's Nikolai, his name. yeah. Nikolai. Man, yeah. my cousin is a big fan of him. If he realized what I just said, he would have been like, lean. Excuse me? How disrespectful. Excuse me? He's my idol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Go ahead. But, um,. Yeah, so, you know, we worked some overtime, and uh, the reason why we did that was because we had to sun, you know, the HVAC company a little bit, mm-hmm. because the place where we, where we work out, or where we work at, it's very, you know, government-run, and they're on a time crunch. Mm-hmm. So, everyone's got to be on your P's and Q's. You got to, you know, you got to be on top of your shit. And the HVAC guys had promised a certain deadline for a certain system to be up and running. They bit off more than they can chew, and they were pressuring us. They were projecting onto us, like, dude, come on. Like, why the fuck are you taking forever? This and that. We're like, I'm not the one that gave him a stupid deadline, mm-hmm. but we'll see you at the finish line. I mean, we'll we'll finish first, obviously, mm-hmm. but, you know, <laughs> we'll meet you guys when you guys decide to make it. Oh, gosh. Okay. So, Tuesday and Wednesday, we did some overtime, and it was cool because, you know, we got ahead of the game for those two days that we did some overtime, and so... Come Thursday, we were done with our side of the system. Those guys were not even like halfway done, and their deadline was Wednesday. Oh. So we were like, hey, man, we showed up. Why didn't you? Oops. So that, the, <laughs> those little victories, and to some people, it may sound toxic. It may sound like an egotistical thing, but it really isn't. It's just when you have someone hounding you down because they overshot themselves, now you gotta like stress yourself. You're like, nah, hold on, dude. Remember who you're relying on. Mm-hmm. You're relying well, on me. It's uh, being impeccable with your word because your word is basically bond. Like exactly in, in construction, you basically have to make sure that they're aware that you will finish at the time you know. Like you're honest at least with it, right? And I think what irritated my crew the most too was the fact that the time the time limit wasn't uh, crazy for us. For our workload. For them, it was crazy. It's like, how the fuck are you guys going to do all of that in four days? Oh. Like, our job is like three days. To get it nice and safed off and properly installed. But whatever. Long story short, we ended up... No, we we all met our deadline and all that. But it was cool to be like, uh, you thought you could beat us. (laughs) Or you thought you could stress us out. You thought you could throw us off our game. But hey, man, nah. We're solid over here. You still come up in the end? Exactly. Oh, my dear. But, yeah, my week was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I do drive a lot for work. I don't know how you do it. Damn, it's a long drive. I mean, in all reality, if there was no traffic, it's a 50-minute drive. But the traffic is so unpredictable. With the traffic, it's like, yeah, exactly. It's unpredictable. One day, it can be an hour and 20. One day, it can be an hour and 10. And the two lanes, man. One day, it can be 50 minutes. How many people, you would say there's a lot of people on the road enough to expand the freeway, but they've been doing that shit for years. It's been going on for like, who knows how long. I think my mom says like 12 years now it's been going on. They don't have much left, which I think is compared to what it was before. We'll see. (laughs) But, you know, being a commuter, you know, I naturally notice a lot of things about traffic. And one constant thing that I've noticed is the shittier drivers 
have a particular little placard on their license plate. A little blue one, you know, the little wheelchair guy. And I'm driving, I think I was driving towards you uh, <laughs> on Monday for the Dodger game. Oh, yeah, okay. And I'm going, and there's an on uh, an on ramp, right, coming on the right hand side of me. So I pass that. But I see there's two cars coming into that off ramp. So I'm like, okay, I'm good. They're merging into the third lane. I'm in the middle. Yeah. I got nothing to worry about. Yeah. I just see the first car just zoom right by me. White Tacoma. Goes from the third lane to the fast lane, like in a diagonal line. Whoa. And what does it have on the license plate? A little placard. <gasps> so I'm like, damn disability? You out here driving like a liability. No, that's not be- that's not safe behavior. I'm like, bro, you want you Nor is that disabled me? behavior. I'm like, well, you want to be vegetable. I'm so sorry, that's I'm not like, right. Dude, you should not be driving like this. I mean the vertigo must have been the vertigo. It must have been something, man, because I was just like, hey, yo, man, like you need to relax, fool. I mean, not to say all those license plates are bad drivers, but oh, of course not. But I to mean, behave like that with that license plate, it's a privilege. You their definitely track record have to be... isn't impeccable with me. Exactly. That's the thing. Like my observations, they're not the greatest. They're not with holding them. up here. They're not. It's like, fool, you're slacking right now. Yeah. But, oh wow. Yeah, it's it's wild. You know, just really seeing how, I guess, like over the years, the traffic pattern, not the traffic patterns, but like traffic behavior, mm-hmm. it's been consistent or it's gone down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Or it's improved a little bit, I, I should say. Yeah. But yeah, man. At least in my in my experience, the the disabled people, or people with a disability, like on their license plate frame, nah, fam, hey, stay away. Someone was raging that day. <laughs> or late, or I don't know what. The I don't fuck, know what. But... Why they be driving like that? Dude, it's so safe. Yeah, but speaking of outlandish people making weird moves. Mm-hmm. So your girl. Queen Elizabeth the second. <laughs> uh, uh, shout out to not no actually. Hey, shout um, out to the victim she she hurt and yeah, her family. Yeah. All right. Live on forever. Meany heads. Unlike her. <laughs> but uh. Six feet under. <laughs> tell me you hurt without without telling me you hurt. Tell me how much she hurt you without telling me she hurt you. <laughs> oh oh karma sweet sweet karma. <laughs> But I really wanted to get your your uh, thought on this because sure, obviously please. with your with your family background and your family history and your family ties, mm-hmm. you you don't hold the sweetest feelings towards the whole Elizabeth the Queen Elizabeth family line because you know of their involvement with pretty much fucking over your people. Pretty much, and it's resurfaced now. Yeah, that she yeah. passed away, so. and so. She passed away September 8th. Mm-hmm. That following sun or Saturday the 10th, uh, Clarissa Shields and Savannah Marshall were supposed to fight for the women's middleweight championship of the world in boxing. It was supposed to take place in London, but with the Queen dying, they postponed that fight till the 15th of October. Oh. So in that time. You know, England, or at least from what it seems like the English people that gave a fuck about the Queen, they were, um, they said, well, okay, we're going to postpone the fight, do all the funeral services and the memorial services for the Queen, but now it's back to business. So now they're getting ready for their October 15th fight, championship fight, 
And then the WBC, the World Boxing Confederation, who is one of, I believe it's five boxing confederations that have their own, uh, like, rankings and all that. So each one has their own belt. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's why you hear, like, there's, like, the IBO champion, the IBF champion, the WEC champion, stuff like that, right? Because uh-huh. there's, different, there's different branches. Oh, ran- branches, of, okay. Of boxing you can go into, right? Okay, yeah. But at the end of the day, boxing is boxing. And so when you hear someone be called the unified and undisputed champion, it's because they have that title or that championship belt across all branches Uh, of boxing. All organizations of boxing, you can say. Okay. And so the WBC changed this belt, this women's uh, middleweight belt, Mm -hmm. to the Elizabethan belt (gasps) in honor of Queen Elizabeth II. What? And so it's kind of interesting, the whole narrative behind this, because the fight is still going to be in London at the legendary O2 Arena. But it's, you know, our our girl, our fellow American, mm-hmm. uh, Clarissa Shields, she's going to be fighting against Savannah Marshall, a Great Britain native. Wow. So it's, you know, it kind of brings up, you know, like that revolutionary war. Uh, That's dicey. You know, ten- tension again. So it's like... How dare they? So it's like, I mean... Honestly, the only way this has to play out is Clarissa Shields knocks her out, wins that belt, flies directly to Boston, throws it in the Boston bar or harbor. <laughs> Run it back. Boston oh my. Tea Party. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Throw that tea bag in the water. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that boiling her, tea. Her boiling ass. <laughs> Bring her spirit back. Dude, but the honestly, fucking hell that she came from but i think what'll irk you the most is the quote from the wbc president himself okay so he's pretty much like the commissioner he's the one that runs the organization Mm. mauricio suleiman is his name and he said in i quote said in a statement the belt was created to render homage to one of the greatest human beings that ever lived here where boxing was born i almost spit my drink I'm, I'm very happy you didn't because you would have fucked up your computer. And my mic. <laughs> and the mic, too. Yeah, exactly. Did He said what? <laughs> he said, and I quote, render homage Wait. to one of the greatest human beings that ever lived here where boxing was born. To anyone listening, I can't contain myself with this audacity that's been, yeah, wow. Because, I mean, we spoke about this wow. in a later episode. Yeah. Find it out, motherfuckers. Go and listen to that yeah, one. Go, but yeah, what we said <laughs> was, you know, I at least, you know, Lean uh, did a great job at portraying it to me and conveying it to me. She said, us glorifying her having a peaceful death or whatever is like you being friends with the guy that beat up your brother. Yeah. Like, yeah, why would I be friends with you, motherfucker? Like, you beat up my goddamn brother. I ain't gonna be friends with you. Yeah. So I mean, it's like, it makes sense why, like, you have, like, that type of, like, you know, kind of tension towards her. It was the really easiest way I can explain. People. Yeah, because exactly, like, it's deeper than, oh, someone beat up my brother. We don't have a country. Like, we don't, we don't have a nationality. Happy dependence day. That's at least. <laughs> <laughs> we have a national dependence day. <laughs> Happy. Happy. Which is every day under occupation. Happy. Help me. I'm poor. No, no, fuck that. There are, <laughs> you know what? Whole side tangents, but there are obviously extremists on both sides, right? But at the end of the day, even the the big ones, the big groups or political parties, 
all hoard the money and keep it from the people. So they get fucked in the end. You know, it's it's not even a matter of like, oh, she's the queen of England and colonization. Like, it's just using your power for bad. They have a history of dirty shit. And even the US, like, we're not even in front about that. But yeah, I wouldn't want to see her fucking face on a belt and say, oh, she's the fucking best person ever. You know, yeah. that's weird. Yeah, because her family's not, is not, does not have a very clean past as far as yeah. being humanitarian, so to speak. It's, but, fr- it's frustrating. <laughs> let, let, let me keep you frustrated for a little bit longer, though. I mean, there's yeah. some good energy real quick. Let me <laughs> let me help you channel it healthy to something else. Okay. So, NBA mascots, right? Yeah. Or just professional team mascots. Who doesn't love them? Right? You need them for that ambiance. You need them for those, you know, like those loose moments in the game just to act like a fool, right? Mm-hmm. So, the Denver Nuggets, right? Their mascot isn't the most, like, popular, I guess you can say. Like, he puts on a show, but it's not that big of a show. Mm. The Chicago Bulls, though. Benny the Bull, he is a whole, or they, we don't know who's under under the, the, the costume, but they put on a show. They can dance. They can ball. They, they do everything. Like, they're a whole-ass vibe. Mm-hmm. So, the Denver Nuggets uh, mascot, Rocky, the mountain lion, how much do you think he gets paid a year? Is it six figures? Yes, unfortunately. <gasps> what? Yes. No way. I was yes. just, like, throwing it out there. So we'll just, just say that troll, for now. Know? Okay. So, Dana Tarasi. Uh-huh. She is half Spanish and half white. <laughs> She's from L.A., who you think was her favorite player since she was born in the late 80s? Kobe. Right? Mm-hmm. So by far, even though she she half colonizer, well, she kind of like double colonized, really. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> double colonized? Double colonized. <laughs> Triple homicide. Triple <laughs> <laughs> But nah, dude, like, man or woman, regardless, Diana Taurasi is one of the best people to ever touch a basketball. Mm-hmm. Like she is gifted, and yeah, she's she's a five-time WNBA champion, a three-time gold medalist in the Olympics. Wow! Numerous wow. All-Star selections, and easily considered, if not the greatest WN player of all time. She's got the swag, the killer instinct. Mm-hmm. And she, she's just the whole thing. Comparable to a man in the field. If you exactly. Yeah. She also gets paid six figures. Who do you think gets paid more? Oh, gosh. Do I even want to know at this I point? Think you, I think you should. I think you should know, you know. Don't tell me the mascot does. Yes. The mascot gets paid more than arguably one of the greatest women basketball players of all fucking time, my guy. This is the biggest face palm in history. Like I cannot tell you how I feel right now. Now should this. I should I go into numbers or should I not go into numbers? Why not? Yeah, just for uh, facts' sake. All right. So my bad, I misspoke. So mm-hmm. Diana Taurasi is a three-time WNBA champion, uh-huh. five-time Olympic gold medalist, five Olympic gold medals, five Olympics. What? So if you think about it, queen. She's won five. Five gold medals in 20 years. She's been playing basketball for 20 years, bro. Because wow. if you think about it, the Olympics are held every four years. She got five of them things. But she's training She's in been between. hooping for 20. Yeah. While playing in the WNBA. Wow. 
So it's like if that's not a definition of a hooper, and if you disagree athlete, with that, athlete, nah, but that's a difference. No, that's a difference. Full though, because athlete. At least in the basketball world, when we call someone a hooper, uh-huh. that means you live, you breathe basketball. Yeah. That is. So in basketball, you need to be a basketball player, not an athlete. Uh, Russell Westbrook, my guy, my fucking Brody, mm-hmm. he is an athlete. DeMar DeRozan may not be as athletic as Brody, but he is a hooper. He knows how to get you a bucket. He knows how to draw a foul. He just knows how to play the, the game right. Not that Westbrook doesn't. Yeah. Westbrook excels in a system where it's like him first, and then he feeds everyone else from there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a difference between being an athlete and being a hooper. Hooper, you know how to get to the basket. You know how to draw that foul. And at the same time, you know not just when to pass, but what kind of pass. So oh. you you have to be obsessed with the craft of basketball. You have to craft the craft. Craft the craft. I see. And so, like I said, she's from L.A., so she grew up with Kobe. She spoke at Kobe's memorial and Gigi's memorial. Yeah. She's like, I never knew a 12-year-old that had a fadeaway that was as good as Kobe's mm. when she was speaking about Gigi. Oh, and so yeah. it's like, for her to say that, and then for her to say, like, the world really lost their greatest female basketball player who didn't even reach their prime. She's honorable. Um, but, yeah, no, excuse our highness in that, that we we want to know, Irvin. Tell us the numbers. Right, right, right. So the numbers. Tell us the numbers. So bitch-ass Rocky, the Denver Nuggets mascot, makes 625000 a year. Oh. Diana Taurasi, $228,000. Whoa. Damn near $400,000 of a difference. Is this a joke? A mascot making more than a... Than what? Arguably the greatest women's basketball player of all time. What? Yeah, dog. I'm Crazy, baffled. Huh? I am baffled. And so this is where I wouldn't... So this is where I would normally troll someone. Right. And just play the stupid little devil's advocate. But this really makes me think about how the sadly the dumb WNBA, they have the platform like the NBA put them on. The NBA created them. <laughs> Who's really in charge? <laughs> and so cow, it's cow. like. Oh, excuse me. I'm going to just come out there and criticize that. Yeah. But it's like at the same time, it's like, OK, like we put you guys out there. You guys have arenas to fill. What are you doing wrong that you can't fill them? Not marketing. That's what it is. And it's not like... They're not putting money into the marketing. Like Diana Taurasi, it's not like she plays in a small market. She plays in Phoenix. Where the Phoenix Suns play. Yeah. Phoenix has always been known as a basketball city when it comes to like the Suns and the Mercury, who she plays for. And so, I don't know. I think to me, it's like, it's a lack of marketing. It's a lack of equality for sure. We can't we There's can't no hide the elephant in the room. Question about it. Yeah. But for sure at the same time, it's like you know, WNBA tickets aren't expensive. You know, like to sit in the one hundred section, that's considered the nosebleeds at a WNBA game. People because... have to be interested in watching it, so they definitely need to market it more. Yeah. Because it's underrated. I think the things that these women are probably accomplishing and they're not even getting recognized. And then, yeah, to not even get paid for the same, if not more, so, like, honorable as to someone like her. Like, that's, 
I can't even. I think a was... mascot. A mascot. Yeah. What sucks the most well, before we move on to this next topic is um, it just sucks because yes, they're not as athletic as men. They the the athleticism isn't there. That's just what it is. That's what a lot of people choose to critique. But it's like, if you really think about it, though, take the athleticism out. Mm -hmm. The fucking basketball IQ, the genius of certain plays, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, shit. Like, like, damn, that's those are some intricacies I never knew this game had before. I'm uh, I'm going to just put it out there. It's facts, right? I mean, the what's out there is out there about information as to what females and males are capable of, genetically speaking. Um, it is true. Like, female athletes don't can't really necessarily outperform men in any sense. That's why they're separate in sport, unfortunately. But, yeah, that's it's just it still doesn't equate that people deserve to be paid for the work that they do, for the amount of effort that and, like, drive they put through their whole career. It's clear that she's serious about what she's doing why isn't she taken as serious as men let's say in the sport this all comes back to like i understand men perform more than women technically they can put on more of a performance yeah uh athletically but still women for what they are capable of should still be just as given like how how can i say should be given just as much of a reward yeah they should be compensated equally it, yes and Exactly. But, yeah. Fucking wild, huh? It, yeah. I'm... <laughs> took I me off guard. I'm mad. I'm mad. You got me all oh, mad now, mad. Urban. <laughs> well, hold on. Maybe this maybe this story will, will <laughs> you know, kind of calm Light you down. Light me up? Yeah. Okay, tell me. So, did you hear about a catering service that kind of went wrong at a Florida wedding? No. So, this is kind of like Florida just being Florida, right? Mm -hmm. So, obviously, this is pre-Hurricane Ian. <laughs> Um, this couple's getting married. Mm -hmm. So just like any other wedding, you know, they got a caterer, you know, coming in to feed the people. But little did they know, somehow, some way, someone authorized all the food to be inedible of some kind. Oh, like infused? Every food was infused <gasps> with weed. Stop. So you're talking about like people's like old ass aunts, uncles. Grandmas, grandpas, kids, fucking oh! <laughs> no, dude. I haven't even Who thought about the that? children. <laughs> the no, children. it's just the boy. Not the children. Not the children. Save the children. Yo, <laughs> <laughs> I'm hollering. I have not thought about the children, fool. <laughs> dude, imagine little little six year old Billy, fucking just rolling around in the grass. He's just fucking up the mac and cheese. Look at, oh. <laughs> Macaroni with the chicken strips. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm dead. Dude. I'm fucking dead. So, long story short. Okay, the, so the caterer pretty much just says no. Like we somehow some someone told us it's okay to do this. Okay, the officers are like okay, but who was it? It was over the phone, officer. I I don't know who it was, but someone told us this is what it was. And so long story short, no one gets convicted because they end up saying, they end up finding someone from the wedding party actually said, yes, it's fine. So the caterer, you know, was off the hook and all that, but... Wait, so don't the bride and groom make those decisions or like... 
Was it one of them? Well, it wasn't one of them. It was one of the fucking like bridesmaids that was like helping out because oh, organize the, everything. Yeah, because they, they were tr- the, the a wedding planner. The bridezilla was trying to like you know outsource and delegate responsibility. Oh, oh. So yeah, I guess somehow, some way, one of the bridesmaids got fucked up on that detail and drugged everyone at the, <laughs> at the wedding. I my jaw is like what, dude? Okay, so like. Can you imagine being that person that maybe even accidentally for your, let's say, your best friend's wedding, <laughs> you accidentally book a fucking weed-infused catering service? <laughs> Dude. I can't breathe. I would just be like, where's my mom? <laughs> where's my mom? Where's that lady? I need, I need a helper. Because where's my, my, mom? my mom being as high-strung as she is, full and like, no. As anti-drug as she is, and you know, just all straight edge, oh. that is the last fucking thing I need to see is my mom all high. No, I was saying like, where's my mom? Like you'd be scared. Like you'd be like, where's my mom? Well, yeah, fool, I'm hoping she's not tripping out. Oh. Because that's that's my regard. I'm like, all right, where is she? I need. No, to find, I didn't I need mean to, to laugh at that. I was yeah, thinking. You fucking asshole. No, because I was thinking wow. back to the children and pay, thinking. Pay attention, like... people. All right, this is this is the true lean show. What? Okay? How dare you? I'm... No, you know, I actually was aware. I was laughing pretty hard at that only because I thought of like the children, right? Yeah. And I'm like thinking, yeah, like this kid is probably after they ate, you're like, where's my mom? I'm scared. Like, why do I feel funny? All in the fetal <laughs> position, all wrapped up. <laughs> Help me. That's I'm why I laughed. Sorry. But yeah, dude, imagine I wouldn't want to see my parents accidentally drugged. My mom would probably be very chill. My mom would just be paranoid <laughs> as fuck, saying, like, oh my like, god, what's going is on? That Mars. Oh my god, it's flying into our orbit. Be like, mom, stop. No. It's, it's not possible. So So I wanna know, Irvin. Uh what are your bars of, of this week? Do you have any wisdom of wise words you wanna share? Uh yeah. So I w- so after I took the offense out. And I decided to look at it through a third-person perspective. It wasn't, you know, criticism. It was actually advice. Um, I went and got a haircut, you know, yesterday. You know, because we out here. Got to look nice. Wait, so you were uh, presented with your vice? Someone called you out for your vice? I wouldn't say it's a vice, but it's definitely a social tool that I use. Okay. um, That I've mentioned on the podcast. And it's that I read rooms before acting out. Or before, you know, just saying or acting in a certain way. Because I feel that if you can read a room, you can act accordingly. Like, say, for example, someone just died. You know, you're at a funeral. You go back to the reception. You're not going to crack fucking jokes right off the bat. Mm-hmm. You're going to read the room and be like, oh, they're hurting. Okay, cool. Let's be fucking serious. Mm-hmm. Let's give them the respect they need. You go to a club. What are you going to do? As a single dude, you're reading the room. Hey, where, where the single bees at? You know where the hurt mommy's at. You know what I'm saying? Oh jeez. You know where the daddy issue riddle mommy's at? Oh my. Okay. That, that's how those fuck boys do. I don't know. I see okay? why you're I never did out. it firsthand. All right. All right. Give me the bar, and then we can talk. Further. All right. All right. I'll give you the bar. Just tell me the Hungry bar. Hungry ass. <laughs> no, I asked you. Um, so no. I so know. so the bar was reading. If you read a room. You're choosing what people see about you and not showing your authentic self. Mm. 
And shout out <laughs> to my boy Junior, owner and operator of Mucho Gusto Barbershop in Ventura, California. He always hooks me up. He's been cutting my hair for about close to 10 years now. And there isn't another guy I would uh, trust with my hair. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he hooks it up. And he always has... He has a motherfucking story. Mm-hmm. And he... I mean, it's a barbershop. So, you know, as a guy, like, you go to the barbershop to, like, talk about anything. Anything, a honestly. little therapy session. Exactly. And it really is a little therapy session. You know, you're getting your little whore Some cut. Insight. You know, <laughs> getting yourself ready to look like a slut. As you're actually getting called out, I guess. So, go ahead. Right? Yeah. And so, it's all, it's all, like, you know, therapeutic. And... You know, he's he hasn't failed me in, like, giving me some wise words of wisdom. And I asked him, I'm like, well, what do you mean about that? Because I I choose to read rooms a lot. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, if you, if you think about it and, like, when you talk to people, you're choosing how they see you. Because you're controlling what you let out. You're manipulating, in a way. So in my defense, I'm like, well, yeah, because I don't know these people. And so I'm only going to give out the information I want to give out. I'm not going to fucking tell you, oh, yeah, but at fucking like six years old, this happened to me. Right. I'm not going in with that fucking energy. I don't even know if I'm going to know you come midnight. Facts. Maybe you're flying in from fucking like bumfuck Timbuktu. I don't know. And then you're flying there the next morning. Okay. I don't need to tell you that. Oh, I've been dealing with this for the last two weeks. What do you think I should do? Mm-hmm. I'm not going in with that. Mm-hmm. So he was then saying, okay, but what if someone needs that healing energy in that moment? And I'm like, well, like I said, I'm going to read the room. If I'm there and it's my cousin's baby shower mm-hmm. and we're there to have a good time, we're there to celebrate her for her baby and all that, I'm not going there with a healing or like a consultating mentality. I'm not going in there to give words of encouragement because at the end of the day, I'm no one to heal anyone. I think it's like you don't want to give your energy out indefinitely like that. That when it's not appropriate. Well, yeah, exactly. It's like you're letting people have their moment in a way, and that's how you're adapting to it is because however someone needs you, you show up in that sense. I guess, right? Is that it, kind of yeah, what it is? I I kind of credit my adaptability to that. Okay. Because it's like, say for example, if you got some shit to like, you know, let off your chest. Mm-hmm. Well, as a best friend, then yeah, I should be there to help you out. But so you are, yeah. Mm. I'm not gonna be the goofy, joker guy that you know me at, as eighty percent of the time. Mm-hmm. In that moment, oh shit! All right, I'm gonna shut the fuck up. I'm gonna be quiet. I'm gonna be serious. Because she's going through something that's fucking hurting her or mm-hmm. bothering her. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to be in a joking mood in that moment. Yeah. So as Junior and I went on and like dissected it, he's like, oh, okay. So, okay. I see where you come from, but still like you're not, you're still not giving your authentic self to people. And I, I guess I kind of told him I agree to disagree with you because mm-hmm. I'm coming from a place where it's like. I've dealt with certain things and I've gone through certain things to the point where it's like I understand putting me first, at least the way that I'm doing it, isn't selfish. It's just making sure that I am protecting my happiness because no one else knows about it mm-hmm. and no one else will because they're not me. They don't know my version of happy. Mm-hmm. So in order for me to be a light in this world, I need to make sure 
I take care of myself to the point where it's like, hey, you know what? Once I socialize with people, I'm cool. So yeah, that that was that was my bar of the week. What about yours? Well, no, I, well, let's talk about it a little bit. Oh, all right, yeah, let's keep going. I'm not gonna shut you up real quick. Yeah, like, let's keep going. Then. Well, no, I was just gonna say like at the end of the day, you know, yes, I, I can see now in the in the sense of where you're coming from is that you and I lack in this. I'll be quite honest with you is that sometimes I don't know when to stop giving. And you have to learn how to know when to stop giving. And it's healthy to, you know, not give all of yourself to any one person or individual people that, yeah, in, in the end, like, once you don't have them, let's say it, it's like your whole world is lost. It's like comes into a deeper root, root of attachment in a way. Yeah. Some people are more attached than others in relationships, but it is healthy at the end of the day with those attachments to do, as you said, is to like, you're in a way not giving you you're not gonna just give people your like deep dark secrets just to be like oh i'm my authentic self you're still gonna pick and choose who you are your authentic self with and then yeah i mean to his point is well not to his point is like how you said oh where are all the hurt mommies at or mm -hmm. the yeah if you use it in that sense it's like using it for evil it's like okay i'm gonna use this sense is that I know these people might be going through this, so I'm going to figure it out my way. Like, oh, hey, like, are you okay? Like, can I help you? Like, what? No, yeah, of course. You don't want to be like that guy. Well, see, you're bringing it into as like a guy picking up girls thing. Yeah. That's not me. No, no exactly. What I'm saying is like, no, no, I'm not saying some that. guys choose to go into a room and be like, all right, where are all the hurt bitches at? Like, yeah. oh, where, where are they at? Yeah. No, where, nah. That ain't me. No, when I, I was using room, that as an example. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, not to be stubborn or anything, but I was just like, I kind of roasted him. I'm like, fool, you're like two weeks out of a breakup. So like <laughs> everything you say, you're going to say from like a hurt perspective and everyone's going to be wrong. You're going to question everything. So why don't we retable this discussion for like two weeks? Then we talk about it again. <laughs> so... I'm looking forward to talking to him about Part that in two, two weeks. Part two of the bars? Okay, yeah, I, cause I like it. Yeah, because it's like, we we always have great conversations and like great friends, mm -hmm. we disagree. Mm -hmm. And we disagreed on that because I honestly felt like he's a person that loves to get under your skin. And the way that he proves himself right is if he succeeds in getting under your skin. But at the same time, he's dropping fucking bars. Well, He's I was gonna dropping say, words of wisdom. So it's like you he yeah. takes a, a specific way of like getting to know, but once you get to know him, you're like okay, you're just looking you're just looking for uh for like a counteraction. So you ain't I, gonna get it from me. Some people like to stir the pot, you know? There you go. He's a pot stirrer. But maybe? he means well though. <laughs> yeah, because, no, in a good way. Well But yeah. I was gonna say it was like interesting, though. bottom line, I guess, what what would you say made you feel like that was a bar for you though? Like I know you disagreed with him, but how can you say that it gave you more insight on, you know, what he was talking about? Because it intrigues me to further the conversation and be like, hey, walk me through your thought process. Hmm. If someone can captivate my attention to that point where I'm like, hey, put put me on game. What what brought you to this to this uh to this to this point conclusion, of thinking? Basically. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. conclusion. Mm -hmm. And if someone or something can get my my mind thinking and you know yearning for more of an explanation mm -hmm. i'm all for it 
Yeah. So that's why I consider it a bar of the week because even though, like you said, we agreed to disagree, mm-hmm. it still got me to think. I'm like, well, why do you think that? Like, wh- where is that coming from? What happened in your life for you to derive and create this vision or this feeling that you got? I think it's, yeah, that's, it's important to actually ask people more about what they know just so that you can gain more insight because not we can only say we know things from our own experience, but you won't do want to come to see like how others think in that way. Oh, I like that. Um, I think it relates in some way to what my bar of the week is. Um, shout out to Jay Shetty, a very influential motivational speaker, previous monk. Yeah, and he's using his voice for service, uh, service to others. He's a he's a very cool dude. Um, mm-hmm. I'd recommend checking him out. Yeah, I remember Kobe was on him. He yeah. spoke to him on his podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I it was uh, when I stopped listening to all the voices around me, I suddenly know what to do. Um, and it's just like I think you sometimes have to shut out those voices. Ooh, gotta let you know we say influential. <laughs> what what what'd you say? We we elevate and educate. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Uh, so when I stop listening to all the voices around me, I suddenly know what to do. And I relate it to this in the sense is like, sometimes you do need to shut out the noise in order to follow what you desire. And, um, I feel like sometimes when you cave in and you actually consider everyone's opinion about things, you lose that inner voice, you ignore your instinct. Usually you, you want to gain advice from others, but ultimately I feel like at the end of the day, you know what's right or wrong. You know what I mean? For you, for others, just in general, you know that what your your energy that you're putting into something, your intentions, you already know if it's good or bad to yourself. So mm-hmm. you want to pick the things that align with you yeah, and then go from there. So that my bar of the week was, yeah, it was just relating to like your intuition. I feel like sometimes like, You just yeah. took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Um, yeah, this this definitely gave me a lot of like follow your intuition vibes. Yeah, like listen to your heart uh, when he's calling for you. <laughs> listen and then to a, your heart. Uh, then a sub top sub uh, quote from that is gut feelings are guardian aliens. That's all. I almost folks. said gut feelings are guardian aliens. <laughs> gut feelings are guardian aliens. Guardian angels. <laughs> Gut feelings are guardian angels, and like, there's a reason those voices. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> Came up with his gut gut. Why? Get fucking emotional maturity shots fired. Dang. Wow, look at you. Dang, wow, it's like you're healing or okay, something. Gross. Oh my god. Okay, healing. Okay, healing. Okay, okay first aid kit. <laughs> okay, hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> okay, bandage. Okay, Neosporin. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, the, I definitely uh, resonate with that. It's just relating almost, right? I feel like they kind of That's similar true. vibes. Yeah. Yeah. Stuck out to me this week. But I did want to bring us on to also something that stuck out to me as far as, like, what I've been feeling lately is I see a lot of people getting canceled. Mm-hmm. Very influential things come out or out out their topics and everyone has a quick opinion to say that it's wrong that it shouldn't be said or this or that or the third and then we never hear about the redemption stories like mm. some of these people go out and commit atrocities let's say or 
say an outlandish thing that nobody expected them to say and hurt a bunch of people's feelings or what have you. Yeah. But we never know if those people get to a place where, like, you know what? I could change. You know, I could change my perspective on what I've been doing and I can reflect on, on like, on that. Malcolm X. Yeah. He did that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, uh, there's others, yeah, many others. People. Can't think of any other. That was just one off the top of my head. But what's funny is that I don't know if maybe I didn't search the right thing on Google. Google, but Google. I didn't really find much like useful information as far as like there was a specific link that you know I shared with you and we talked about some of them about two hours ago. Yeah. <laughs> You sent it to me about about a week ago. Yeah, about a week ago. <laughs> and um, so I shared the link with you. But yeah, most of the redemption stories were either sports related, like Kobe, let's say, or like yeah. uh, Mike F- Michael Phelps yeah. was one. Um, and others, I think uh, Jalen Hurts. Shout out to the Eagles, hey, Jalen. Hurts, your Yeah, he's a redemption fly. story as well. Oh, he, he, um, yeah, he definitely has a story for sure. So yeah, I feel like... Um, the theme, obviously, accountability is like you. I think those people all end up taking accountability for their actions. Um, but I would say one of our favorites here that that definitely it was on a link. Let's see, list verse. Um, the uh, topic or headline. Sorry, what am I talking about? <laughs> uh, you're faded. That's why. Excuse her highness. Excuse my highness. So the story uh, is called 10 Incredible Real Life Stories of Redemption by Sarah Noor. Um, so it looks like the top 10 like real life redemption stories. And that this is the only link I can find people. So. Yeah, and according to this website too, this isn't like a general top 10 yeah. list that we agree with. Just like our GOATS episode, mm-hmm. this is just a Google search that we do and we go with the one credible source and let's see it. Uh, so... Number six on the list, Frank Mink. Uh, I believe that's how it's pronounced. If I'm saying it wrong, I'm sorry. Growing up in an inner city uh, South Philadelphia, um, he was recruited into a skinhead gang at age 13. Soon he was training the U.S. as a neo-Nazi recruiter, even broadcasting for all uh, new members on his cable access TV shows, uh, The Right in Illinois. Um... Later on, in, <laughs> later on here in this uh, article here, it says that he was convicted of kidnap- kidnapping rival gang members at gunpoint and filming their beatings and torture. And during his three years behind bars, Mink befriended inmates of different races and even joined a prison football league oh, okay. with African-American Columbus. teammates. Oh, okay. Although Columbus. he tried to t- <laughs> rejoining his skinhead group after his release, Mink realized that he had changed his, uh, too much to go back to that life. So when a Jewish doctor offered to remove his neo-Nazi tattoos, he agreed. Since then, he had become a motivational speaker and released a memoir called Autobiography of a Recovering Skinhead. Whoa. Um, Mink has worked with South African activist Desmond Tutu, if you know, you know, and spoken on behalf of the Anti-Defamation League, a group that combats anti-Semitism. Hold on. What do I know? That he wears a tutu? Because of his last <laughs> Desmond name? Desmond Tutu? I think he was a leader in the... Because I, I, I'm a part of the don't know people of that reference. I, I think he's the leader of the UN, like, or was at one point. I could be wrong. Ah, okay. Um, but continue. His My life bad. was the basis of the 1998 film American History X. Yo, I was about to say, like, hey, all right, calm down, American History X. <laughs> Yo, that's pretty sick. That was a dope movie. That was a good movie. Uh, that was a, really that was a movie. very eye-opening movie. I saw that 
sophomore year of high school, actually. Yeah. Which I don't know if it's like a part of the California high school curriculum, but back then I was a sophomore in high school in 2008. Mm-hmm. And same. For some reason, like everyone and their mom that was a sophomore was learning about the Holocaust. And like, it's a tragic fucking event that happened in human history, but like just knowing that it happened. It's a scary thought of, and it's kind of like a reality check of like what humanity is capable capable of. of. But anyway, there's many atrocities. Like, and I think number one, we yeah. were curious what number one would be. Um, but hold on, before we move on to number one, yeah, uh, just to stay on that one, mm-hmm. it's it's just crazy, just how, fuck yeah, I forgot. Oh well, let's move on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, you're taking like talking about American History X. Um, oh yeah, just how, how eye-opening it was, mm-hmm. like in sophomore year of high school, and it just you know has left me with the the excitement to one day go to the Museum of Tolerance and just fucking you know experience it for the first time. Mm-hmm. But off that same list, there was uh, their yeah, we number curious. one, yeah, we were their number one fucking redemption story according <laughs> to this website. Uh, what was the website again? Listverse. Listverse. Dot com is about a guy whose name is Joshua Milton Blahi, or otherwise otherwise known as General Butt Naked. <laughs> why? why they called him that. Because he often went into battle wearing only shoes. So this Ugh. Liberian warlord admitted to recruiting child soldiers as young as nine years old, sacrificing babies to ensure divine protection in battle, slitting open the bellies of pregnant women, Chopping off limbs of peaceful villagers and eating human hearts like Jeffrey Dahmer. Hey, no. <laughs> but he estimates that he has killed at least 20,000 people. So, where does the redemption, you ask? Well, hey, let me tell you. Can you be redeemed from such actions? Hey, man, at some point, our our, our guy, General BN, uh-huh. you know, he, he had a religious epiphany. Oh, okay. And so okay. now he works as a preacher, rehabs child soldiers, and visits his victims' families to ask for forgiveness and offer compensation all while raising his three adopted children. Wow. Due to the lack of a stable legal system in Liberia, Blahi has never been charged for his crimes, but he claims that he would willingly go to prison and even be executed if that's what it takes to atone for his crimes. How? Like, hey, butt naked. I, I mean, that's a great, like, number one story if we're just trying to find, like, oddball endings. Uh, but, de- hey, definitely took naked. a turn. But naked. <laughs> why, why are you killing out here, fool? He will forever be known to be Put the general butt out. naked. It is not time to hang out with that wing out, man. Oh, my. Stop Lord. it. You know? I So, yeah, I just... <clears throat> it's funny <laughs> that the number one story would be that when there's so many great ones. Yeah, so many like inspirational ones that are like, oh my god, he saved them. And I then, mean, butt naked. If anyone knows, <laughs> feel free to share. I tried to post on my story the other day, but it's not a common thing to like talk about. I guess it's like, why aren't there any more stories about redemption besides Bible stories or sports-related redemption stories? And then I looked up like the definition, right, of redemption. Mm-hmm. And it was only related to the Bible. And I didn't think that it would be only a biblical term. And I was curious, have is that something that you've seen as a theme? If you ever, like, read the Bible or know verses? Uh, yeah, I should know more of the Bible just because of how, like, 
Catholic my upbringing was, but uh-huh. because of how Catholic my upbringing was, I did not want to touch the Bible. Because it says the on Google, just look up the definition, the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. And then the words use God's plan for the redemption of his world. The second one is the action. Oh, uh, the action of, let's see. The action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for payment or clearing a debt. And I was like, huh, interesting. That is interesting. Yeah, so I was interested in, and then there's other one, the action of buying one's freedom. I felt that was the one that we're mostly using here. But yeah, I didn't know that it was related mostly to the Bible. So Yes, like for me, honestly, like redemption, to me, I've always seen it mainly in sports. Um, Being an athlete my whole life. I've always been competitive. Mm-hmm. And so one of the most like basic ways that I experienced redemption was either like real time, like, fuck, I just let this guy score a layup. Not anymore. So like I would try even harder on defense mm-hmm. on the following possession. And I would try to like break him off. Like if I had him on, on the offensive end, oh, I would try to cross him up or just score on him in general. Buy it back. Exactly. <laughs> so like that was like my first form of redemption. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I'm pretty sure I know stories in the Bible about redemption, but just right now I'm blanking out uh-huh. just because, you know, excuse my highness. <laughs> but um, yeah, for me, well, before I go into it, like, is there a personal like redemption story you've you've lived through that you'd like to share with the peeps? Um, I'm kind of living through the end of it. Oh, no. Shit. So maybe maybe if we catch up in a few weeks, you know, on that, you we can, can. give us the end. Maybe I can give you the end. Okay. Yeah. I'll give him mine then. Okay, yeah. Um, So, you know, I'm 30, looking 20. You know what I'm saying? Out here looking looking prime. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but uh, yeah, so I'm 30 now. But when I was 27, uh, I was dumb enough and got a DUI. Woo, lucky for me, right? Oh, yeah. Chick- winner, winner, chicken Bravo. dinner. Bravo, good job. And what's funny is that like, just kidding. Just kidding. Right. It's not funny. Yeah. I'm yeah. So sorry. Don't do it. Don't drink and drive, people. It's really and not worth it. This is the consequences but, of drinking. Yeah. You know, if you don't know, listen to episode one. Why I prefer weed over over drinking, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's kind of weird that I got a DUI for drinking because I hardly ever drink. But in this scenario, you know, it was a work type function thing, so I was like, ah, oh, fuck it. You know, let me just join in with the fun. You know, it's been a while. Whatever. Long story short, I think I'm good enough to drive. I'm not. So get arrested for the DUI, do all that shit. And at that point, that was a fucking low for me, dude. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah, I could, I could imagine, especially if you don't drink. Like, exactly. Like, what the hell? Like, And then not even that. Not it's like, it. not to get too deep, but it's like, people that I know close to me are big enough mirrors to be like, okay, I won't do that. Oh, you did this? Yeah, I won't do that. Oh, you did that? Yeah, I won't do that either. Oh. So I had examples laid out in front of me. And yet for me to go go ahead and still do a bonehead thing like that. Mm. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. It had me pinned down to the ground, dude, for like a month. Damn, Bessie like, Bessie being vulnerable. Yeah, dog. Like it was, it was a turning point in my life. Like honestly, like just feeling that I'm a part of the system and just going through that whole thing. Like, you have a stain on your record. Stain on your record. Everything's a lot more expensive as far as your car registration, your, your insurance. car insurance, Ooh. all that shit. All nice. the money you got to pay for the DUI school. 
the money you got to pay to the DMV because your license <laughs> is going to get suspended or it's going to be restricted. Mm-hmm. And so just dealing with all that and having lived for the most part a straight edge life, I was fucking disappointed in myself. Mm-hmm. Like the S word, you know, offing yourself isn't ever the solution. Mm-hmm. I've never really contemplated it, but during that time, like at least just within that first month, mm-hmm. I was like, fuck, dude, like this isn't even fucking worth it anymore. Blah, blah, blah. It was a low. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It was a low, just like any low will have us. Mm-hmm. But luckily for me, you know, through this whole like DUI process, it's nine, at least for the BAC that I had, the blood alcohol content that I had, I was given nine months of the DUI school. And. What's typical? Or is it just depending on the alcohol? It depends on your alcohol content, but oh, I know like I some some people get three months, some people get six months, some people get nine, and some people get twelve. And then if you're a repeat offender, you get eighteen months. This is just in the state of California, by the way, or just Ventura County. Mm-hmm. I'm not speaking for anyone else, just from my experience. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so during those nine months, you know, we have a counselor uh, assigned for us. We talk to them four times a week or twice a week. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, (laughs) excuse my highness. All faded. Um, We talk to them on a one on one every two weeks. So twice a month and then four times a month we see each other in a group setting. So we talk about shit and, you know, it's literally therapy sessions. Mm -hmm. And so for me to have had that for nine months it really it really changed my perspective on life and just dealing with shit because i could say i had a pretty mature mindset until i decided to drink and drive because obviously all that went out the drain because mm-hmm. <laughs> if i was truly mature i wouldn't have done that mm-hmm. i would have known to either call someone or get an uber or stuff like that but having talked things out and having a constant like therapy session to go to and talk shit out not just about the DUI but about life in general about family dynamics about past relationships about how I feel as I'm doing as a friend how shitty I feel like I'm doing as a friend if I should show up for certain people if I shouldn't if I should continue sharing the light that I got stuff like that like we went in through like the whole rabbit hole that makes me a person Mm -hmm. and I will never force anyone to do therapy but if anyone can and has the opportunity, I'd say go ahead and do it. Because at least for me, that shit worked wonders. Let me tell you, though, just a sorry, quick comment is that you realize that you have to show up to those things, too. Mm-hmm. Those opportunities are given to so many people. And it really is all about wanting it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, bravo, give me, give me a clap real quick for you. Because... I feel like people don't un- like people underestimate the work that's put in yeah. to reach a certain point in your life, and yeah. showing up for yourself is like the best thing you could do. So you took advantage of that, and like like you said, you paid for it. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. showed up for it that. It wasn't cheap. Yeah, and I'm sure you still. Do you feel like you 100% gained something from the payment that you? Oh, for, for sure. You? Just yeah. seeing. The price you paid was just it worth seeing it? my savings account mm-hmm. go from what it was to zero. Within two weeks, fuck. From getting my car out of the impound, from paying the DUI school, Mm -hmm. paying the DUI fees, paying the lawyer fees, all that shit, my whole savings went from X amount to zero. 
Wow. And it sucked, you know? And that was, like I said, it was one of the many valleys that I've been in. Um, we're never going to stay at the peak all the time. Mm-hmm. There's going to be someone that's slightly fucking better than you or slightly worse than you. Mm-hmm. They're going to find a way to beat you to the top. And luckily for me, like my, I guess you could say my redemption story was the fact that I was, like you said, I was open to the change. Mm-hmm. I was open to the modification. And I wasn't scared to, you know, go ahead and do something different that I hadn't done before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just being able to accept the now. That mm-hmm. that was one thing that a lot of the counselors preached mm-hmm. was that look, you you this got three you got, you got three months in this program. Look where you are now. Mm-hmm. You have a new car. You just got elevated at your job. And you're handling your shit here at the DUI school. Mm-hmm. You still irresponsible like you were three months ago? Yeah. No, of course not. You're not defined by your past, but you're not uh, you're not assumed from your future. You're based off your now. They're reminding you of your light. They're reminding exactly. <laughs> and thanks to you as well, mm-hmm. for you like you've said, you've seen that same light in me. You put me onto Eckhart Tolle mm-hmm. of the power of now. And I recommend that to anyone listening. Yeah. Too. <laughs> Look, if we're we're on his dick a lot, but Kendrick Lamar is one of our muses, and the fact he, he we, just bro, you, he used him in his fucking album, bro. bro. Not even that. Not even that. <laughs> the Where man, his voice. Ele- when we met him, or when we when we knew when he dropped down, we were like, "Fool, there's no way he can get better." He got better. You want to know why? Because he knew of Eckhart Tolle and the power of now. And essentially, all it really is is talking about focusing. What's in front of you right now? And be happy with that. Be sad with that. But even then, be aware of why you're happy, why you're sad, what's making you feel that way. Mm-hmm. What are you saying that's making you feel that way? Mm-hmm. And constantly just be an observer of the constant present. Yes, the present moment. Exactly. And so mm-hmm. for me, like that just did wonders for me to mm-hmm. learn that in the DUI school. And then you putting me on to that, what, I think like a year later I met you. Or like a year and a half later after that shit, I met mm-hmm. you. And then you barely put me onto the, the power of now, I think this year, mm-hmm. early 22. So, yeah, man, kudos to you and applause to you for, oh, thanks. you know, like, you know, just being there and just, you know, fucking mm-hmm. dropping little gems for me, too. Of course. Dropping and- bars of the weeks every now and again ever <laughs> since I met you. We keep finding them and, you know, they keep getting better because they're giving us like a time to reflect on ourselves and how we relate to them. Very insightful stuff, and I don't want to be like vague and say that I don't have stories. I definitely have stories um, that I'd want to share, but there's a reason. Like I've gone to the point that I would share those things too. Just like you said, you have to kind of get put in those situations to face: Am I gonna go left or am I gonna go right? Exactly. You know, because you, yeah, you're at a crossroads. Like maybe yeah, you're Literally. at rock bottom, <laughs> but you choose to either stay there or go back up. Literally, and, and so. There are situations I could say, um, but for another time, only because I respect the lives of others and, yeah. you know, their well-being and their reputations, you know, at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like I've definitely faced myself in situations that um, I had to connect with myself again. Like, I'm not this anxiety-ridden person that's always worrying about what's going to happen and yeah. reading into people's 
faces and body language and tones too much. Like, I feel like that's something I've always focused on. After reading that book, <laughs> I realized when it's healthy to invest into those things. Now I'm kind of facing, okay, now what are my limits in yeah. facing those things? Yep. So I'm in, I'm in the third, maybe last final stage. We'll see. That's so dope, I will man. catch you up in a few weeks. Hell yeah. <laughs> Getting better. <laughs> I'm rereading The Power of Now too because it's been a while. I think I listened to it back in 2016 mm -hmm. or 18. Could be wrong. But yeah, um, it's nice to re-listen and definitely brings you space in this crazy chaotic mess that we live in. All right, y'all. So as you guys know, it's fucking October. Been out here feeling kind of spooky. <laughs> On Monday, I was feeling spooky with Mookie out there in the Rightfield Pavilion, dog. Spooky you know what I'm saying? Spooky with Mookie. Spooky with Mookie. <laughs> but um, I'm going to hand it over to Lil Weens and uh, let her inform you guys about some uh, spooky shit we saw not too long ago. Yeah, so uh, we had to go watch Smile because... Uh, I think it just it just had to be done, right? Because in a previous episode, I'll let you motherfuckers go back, <laughs> re-listen, so aggressive. pay attention. You know what I'm saying? You know, if you, if you know, you know. If you know, you've you been, know. If you've been listening. We hyped know. up a certain movie, and we had to go see it. Yeah. So we took the time, and uh, Irvin is notorious for falling asleep. So I'm going to just say that I recalled every bit of that movie because I love horror. At the end of the day, yes, it terrifies me. Uh, when I was younger, I've had a lot of traumatic experiences <laughs> watching horror movies when I didn't know what to expect. But Smile brought me back to, like, it almost gave me a nostalgia of the ring, in a sense. It was like you had a limited time to live after you've seen someone smile and then you just end up killing yourself in some Yo, I never morbid thought way. about that. Yeah, dude. That's yeah. Dude, yeah, continue. Okay, so, and then it was like a psych thriller in a sense that it was mindfuck. There's a point in the movie that you don't know if it's her mind playing with her or if it's really happening or not. So there were a lot of like, oh my God moments, right? There was a lot of twists and turns. And then even deeper to that, like the ending was great. Like, I have to say that if your movie is great and then you just half-ass the ending, what was it for? What was the reason? There's been some good movies that I've seen that I'm just like, the ending could have been better, but the ending was great. Um, but I did have a realization of like, oh my gosh, this kind of relates to The Power of Now, chapter two, talks about the pain body, right? The pain body, yep. And I mean, I'm just going to say this right now, spoiler alert. If you want to watch the movie, maybe skip ahead a few minutes, but it... It comes to the point of the story where you feel like this thing that takes over them to, com to have them commit themselves to killing themselves, I guess. <laughs> wow, that was, excuse my highness. Basically, putting them to the point of committing suicide was like basically these people have gone through past traumas and they take over their body, pretty much. The past trauma takes over their body. Exactly. And Whoa. Eckhart Tolle talks about how this past, uh, this image that you have of the past and your, your like ancestry or like the what you were taught as a kid and all of that it feeds sums on up. more negativity to grow That's yes what he says. exactly so this movie kind of puts that in a perspective that if you let that negativity grow you will end up 
un- unaliving yourself. It's Damn. really morbid and fucked up, you but really, it's true. Yeah. You That's what he says. Yourself. You detach yourself from the reality that it's making you afraid of, that you were never afraid of before. Exactly. It's making you, it's convincing you that that is your reality. So it was like, that's exactly what the movie did. It was trying to convince her that that was her reality, that she was seeing all of these terrible things and it ended up, dude, I'm not going to spoil anything. It but, sucks oh that I God. fell asleep because... The ending I'm trying not to spoil, but wow. So we didn't even smoke an indica before that. We smoked a sativa hybrid, but... Man, he, you're just a hardworking person. You work. I'm out here, you know, building America, you know, one fucking conduit at a time. Some would say, oh my God, he's an asshole. Like, he's sleeping. But I understand he, as soon as he just is in a dark room, resting his head back, this fool's snoring in like well, five I minutes. I got sweats and a hoodie on. Yeah, that's it. How am I not going to fall asleep? <laughs> he's the night-night. seats recline. Yeah. How am I not? But at least the times that I woke up, like with, <laughs> when everyone was screaming and be like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, uh, "Ah, yes." Can I just uh, say yes, that that was like ah. also watching the movie. That was the first time I've heard so much commentary and reaction during well, the scenes. Yeah, I heard. I remember. Well, not really because I remember. Well, I started the commentary, but in black phone mm-hmm. when we went to go see that. <gasps> yeah. Like I was like, that was you, another good one. You better kill him, Ramon. You better kill him, dog. <laughs> yeah. Then, yeah. But yeah, I remember waking up because people were just like. <gasps> You know, so I was just like, oh, well, okay. But then I remember I woke up towards the end mm-hmm. and like the final boss, so to speak, mm. I was just like, whoa, she what met Big in Bowser. the fuck? The yeah. But yeah, definitely people, I definitely recommend you guys to go see Spooky or Spooky. Yeah. <laughs> go see, go see, Sp- <laughs> don't say it like that racist. Fucking racist. I knew that would bother hey, you. I hey, don't rasa, mean that. Hey, Rasa, get her, dog. Get her. Fun of us, Am I uninvited now? Jeez. <laughs> can't have this hummus. <laughs> what? Can't have this Bollywood? It's not yours. Wow. <laughs> you just uh, culturally appropriate, cultural appropriated I me. I did. I'm not Indian. I know. I'm How sorry. You? God. You know what? Excuse my highness. Fool. Excuse your highness. <laughs> So back to like the smile, even this concept of smiling, how it freaks me out, right? And I never liked having dolls and stuff. Yeah. I realized that I had some kind of like a uh, moment. No, sorry. The moment with Furbies, right? You said? So I saw this post on Instagram the other day and it was like, kids nowadays will never know the true fear. Like when your Furby starts singing at 3 a.m. And if you've had a Furby when growing up, my sister and I each got one when we were younger. This thing literally just would start talking out of nowhere. Like, out of nowhere. And it was known to be a responsive interaction toy. Excuse so me? if it heard noise, it will react. Or what? if you have it on, obviously, it will play with you and stuff. So the Fed's been listening. So it was maybe the first Alexa. I don't know. <laughs> she said... <laughs> The first Alexa, she's wild. <laughs> See, we're trying to tap in. <laughs> because when I tell you, it's not it's not fake, dude. Okay, it's not fake for real. I actually heard that thing turn on. <laughs> dude, that's fucking wild. Oh, wow, dude. I, I'm not kidding, fam. <laughs> 
But so like, would it would it say shit or like would yeah. it say anything out of the ordinary it's or like, would it say like the words that you're accustomed to it saying? I mean, no, it would what say it? what it needed to, to kill say. You. <laughs> no, it's yeah. not like it straight up was like. I'm vengeance. Hey, Lean, like I'm your friend. Want to play? Like <sighs> no, <laughs> which is why I don't like dolls yeah. too. The, like Chucky? No, I'm not gonna oh, play with you. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah fuck no, I'm not playing with that. Well, fuck that fool. <laughs> no, but it would just obviously just talk. That's how it just period. It's like, how are you even talking right now? I'm not talking to you. No one's playing with you. What is going on here? But um, as far as like horror, there's nothing like seeing those eyes just pop. Yeah. And it's like, meow, 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 meow. <laughs> <laughs> dude. So like for me, like. <laughs> I never had stuffed animals, really. Sorry, my sister would be like, she'd look at me and be like, why is it talking? <laughs> and so uh, she'd like make me take the batteries out. <laughs> and then, then I'd just throw them in the closet and be like, if that thing talks one more time, uh, it's to the dumpster. Yeah. But um, in horror movies, we know when, uh, if it's really demonic, you put it in the dumpster, it comes back. It will always come back. If you've seen Annabelle. Mm. I regret seeing that movie. Please. Like, you know this about me, but any of my other friends that know me, um, all you need to do to get me afraid of your movie is say that it's based on true events. Just say right? that, and right? cool, you got me petrified, homie. Right. And so, like I said earlier, I grew up in a very Catholic upbringing, and demonic possession or anything with satan you know was off limits i was like nah fam we're good on this shit and so when it came to movies like that i'm like no nope. uh-uh i'm gonna fuck around and that spirit's gonna find a way to go through that silver screen and attack me then it's gonna get my family no thanks i'm good mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah i never really dealt with any like stuffed animals like that but i know my mom would always have like religious paintings around the hall Ooh. And when you'd walk, you just feel like those eyes are just looking at you. Like, they're alive from, like, Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. But Following yeah, just, you? Just seeing, I always feel like somebody's watching me. All eyes on you. Yeah, and it was... All it, eyes on me. <laughs> but, yeah, it, that, that was one thing that creeped me out as a kid. Because yeah. I just felt like those eyes would never move. Like, they were always following me, but... Yeah, I never had dolls, but definitely, yeah, the religious paintings always got me mm-hmm. as a kid. But, yeah, I could say that other than that, just, like, my own imagination really would trip me out. Just from, like, seeing, like, all the scary movies, like, as a kid, like, Leatherface from <laughs> Te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That shit always freaked me out. Yeah. But, you know, I, I still love it, you know. Clowns creep me the fuck out, but I still love the thrill of just being scared you know just going for the thrill of being scared and like ah you know ah. <laughs> that's why like i definitely want to experience horror nights maybe just once in my life because that's yeah. that's all i need for i've real. done fright fest at six flags mm-hmm. wasn't bad but i went with my sister who is a lot more jumpier than i am mm-hmm. so i'm already jumpy as it is so like <laughs> it if was you're, amplified if you're around me and you're jumpy too like oh bro this ain't gonna work out for it's both gonna be of drama. us exactly <laughs> But you might punch someone. Exactly. <laughs> Somebody's getting knocked out. It might be me. <laughs> you know, I don't know, but we'll see. Because <laughs> we're peaceful people, dog. We're peaceful, right? We'll go out looking for fights. You know? I, I will say for the one time, 
Uh, I want to do it just because the Dementors are going to be out in Harry Dude, Potter. Dude, we got to go this year. We yeah, have to. we need to go. Hey, anyone else that's listening. You down? Hey, whoever's whoever's down. You down? Consider this your episode, your your invitation. Slide in our DMs. Let us know. We could do a group group thing. Yeah. It's cheaper that That'd way. Be fun. You can't be cheap because we're going VIP shit. No, we're I was going gonna say just get yeah. Set your line. expectations. We need to get front you know of the line saying? once at least. I'm trying to see Abel's yeah. fucking maze. Well, apparently you can only go once, but once is enough for me. I want to see all. Oh of no, it, I, I don't but once. I, I'm not crazy. I don't need to be scared twice. Folk. I don't want to spend three <laughs> hours in one line either. I exactly. want to be. I want to see it all. Yeah, but, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, we definitely gotta go. I'm no, down. No, because they usually Let's close go. off like Harry Potter World, and then it's open. Dude, now. I'm telling you, it's yeah. like Hufflepuff, Puff and Pass. Puff. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like I, I'll be the captain of Hufflepuff, Puff and Pass. Hey, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, hit us up. Anybody that's down to go, we'd be down. But while you're at it, follow the Instagram at yes. Excuse Your Highness Pod. Mm-hmm. Stay safe during this spooky ass season. Yeah. Be aware of your light. And yes. protect it at all times, people. Protect your light. Yes. And be the light to others. You know, appreciate what you guys got. Every day is a blessing. Um, there will be highs and lows. But just continue on. Continuing on. Remember, you got back muscles. So why not work them out and carry Flex. some extra shit on yourself, you know? <laughs> why not? You know what I'm saying? Show off the leg muscles by uh, hiking all the way to the peak. You know what I'm saying? Like carrying the world? that Like that like famous Atlas. posture? Well, you don't want to be Atlas because he never... He never reaches his goal. Oof. That's his punishment. Is <gasps> that the world always falls off his shoulders before he reaches the peak. So he has to start all over. And his wow. punishment is that he gets so close to the peak. And it falls. You He's know what? He's got to start all over. Can I say that we all reach the peaks and we will all fall? Exactly. Period. Exactly. Yeah, so maybe it's not so bad. Keep your inner circle strong. Yes. Keep it few. Yes. But keep it strong. Yeah, stay connected still with the ones that, that love you and support you. Don't forget to check on your friends, you know? Exactly. They put on a face. You never know what they're going through. Ask people how they're doing. You know, check in with yourself ultimately to make sure that you're good so that you can keep doing what you got to do. Show up for the people that need you as well. Exactly. Showing up can do wonders for people. And mm-hmm. it's all you, sometimes that's all you need and sometimes that's all that people need. Hopefully this episode was some light to you guys as well. You know, let loose, live life, live in the now. Get wild. Uh, Don't get too stuck in your thoughts. Um, Be aware of what you're constantly thinking about. You know, Um, at the end of the day, we're left with ourselves. So we just, we got to check in and make sure that we're good. And as I said, so we can show up in everything that we do. So this is your boy Irv and Lil Weens. Coming at you a new episode another high cast and we'll see you guys next week yep yep waking up and wasting time is all I do